Scotty, we need power. Engine room, acknowledge. You rang, sir? Who's this? This is Captain Kevin Thomas Riley of the Starship Enterprise. And who is this? This is Captain Kirk. Get out of the engine room, navigator. Where's Mr. Scott? I've relieved Mr. Scott of his duties. And now, attention, cooks. This is your captain speaking. I would like double portions of ice cream for the entire crew. Clear that, too, will you? Yes, sir. And now, your captain will render an ancient Irish fate. I'll take you captain. home. In our present rate of descent, we have less than 20 minutes before we enter planet atmosphere. And burn up, I know, Mr. Spock. Hello, and welcome to Snaptrack, the podcast which compares two episodes of the galaxy's favorite science fiction franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I'm joined as ever by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hi Ross, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm good. It's it's. I'm glad to be back here recording with you. It's been a I while. I know. We 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 both were sort of lost in the warp tem malaise, absolutely, <laughs> or in subspace after the last episode. It's taken us a while to sort of regather. I've just yeah. reappeared here at the desk, <laughs> and obviously you've just stopped being a giant lizard. So now we can, you know, I've got my tongue with- back. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Otherwise, you couldn't understand a word you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That was uh, Thankfully, we're we're changing the tone totally for this episode. It's uh, much more, I was going to say, down to earth, but almost. (laughs) I don't know whether it is. (laughs) It might get a bit weirder. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of game? I've never seen that one before. How do you play? During each snap trek, we compare the episodes using a variety of categories and we select a scene or line or alien or prop which we think is excellent and we award a point to the answer we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Snap trek is a competition but it's played just for fun. No prizes or trophies. The real aim is to have a great conversation about Star Trek and perhaps think about the episodes in a new way. We would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at SnapTrack. Please send us your ideas for episode comparisons and any categories we could use. And of course, send us your Star Trek lyrical recaps or any Star Trek poetry, haiku, limericks, rhymes or verse or anything of that nature. We love it all. Uh, Jen, how can people get in touch with you? You can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Ida Quarks. And you can get to me, Taborg, at STRTRK1701. Okay. In this episode of Snaptrek, we are going to contract a highly contagious pathogen which will remove our inhibitions. We are going to go a little crazy. We're going to reveal a few glimpses of our innermost thoughts and desires, and we're going to take over the Enterprise and place the ship in critical danger. I was lucky enough to watch an episode so good it deserved a remake. The original series, Series 1, Episode 4, The Naked Time. And Jen? And I was lucky enough to watch the the shameless uh, rip-off <laughs> remake of Ross's episode, <laughs> TNG Season 1, Episode 2, The Naked Now. I mean, of all the, the original series episodes to remake, 
this was the obvious go-to, I thought. So I'm so glad we got this follow-on. A remake so follow-on. A reboot, really, isn't it? You call this a reboot yeah. in modern film yeah. parlance. It acknowledges the original while being an exact copy of it. Brilliant. Right. <laughs> Brilliant work. Very modern. Very modern. Commander, I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can't wait to see what he's come up with. As ever, we begin with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. Jen, would you like to give us your lyrical recap for The Naked Now? I went straight up Lamech for The Naked Now. It's the best way. It's the best way, yeah. <laughs> Especially since there, there was at least the start of a limerick. <laughs> like, yes, there yes, once was a lady is. from Venus. <laughs> that's not how my part starts. <laughs> All right, here is my limerick for The Naked Now. West did his best to buy time to get all the chips realigned. It's a game, Wesley told him, so data could function. You jewel, exclaimed Yar with a sigh. (laughs) 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 Yeah, catching all of the the strangeness in one small limerick. That's uh, very good. Very good. I'd love to Um, hear what you have for the naked time. I, I considered I considered going with a, a re-rendition of I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen. Oh, my god! But I thought, I'm going to leave that leave that alone. So I also went for a limerick and came out with two. So here you go. Ooh, okay. A confusing contagion's contracted. Entire Enterprise crew is distracted. Infected perspiration causes intoxication. Site 2000 is almost impacted. Wow. <laughs> Fencing's got Sulu excited. Chappell's love for Spock's unrequited. Riley gives a recital. Tormolan's suicidal. Spock does love mankind, he just hides it. Oh, so it. good. I did it. I said it. <laughs> I love it. I love how you got, like, the, the first limerick was, was like, a snapshot of, of the, the episode, and then the next limerick was each person's relationship to the toxin in question. <laughs> The crazy madness. That was lovely. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Oh okay. My gosh. Now we've got our limericks out of the way. We can get to this. I mean, this was the easiest round to come up with comparisons for. There were so yeah. much similarity. So, where would you like to begin, Jen? Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's begin with our worst decision. <laughs> oh, the worst decision. I mean, there's a lot of bad decisions made in these episodes. Absolutely. But, but, many, most, are under the intoxicating effects of the virus. So I would say they're excusable, because you're infected. The biggest mistake to me was contracting the disease in the first place. (laughs) Tormolan, what are you thinking? He's beamed down to an outpost on Site 2000. Everybody is frozen to death. Something strange is going on. He's wearing a glorious red and gold hazmat suit. (laughs) And he takes off his gloves to scratch his nose. Just reaches up under the thing, gives his nose a little scratch. Forgets to put his glove back on. Then... (laughs) reaches down to pick something up and 
A red sort of spore leaps at him. And that's it. Why wear a hazmat suit if you're going to touch your face? Health and safety, sir. Compounded <laughs> by the fact they didn't enter quarantine on their return. I mean, of course, of course they went through the bioscanner. Flox would have had a, con- a container of decontamination gel at the ready. Yes. There, there were the lights. Bones weigh some lights. <laughs> he did. They had no infection. There's no known infection. Look, Bones gave them a scan. They went through the they went through the transporter, but Tormolin, if there's going to be an infection, you know, think about your vectors for disease. Think think about how these things are getting into you. Wash your hands. Wash your hands for twenty <laughs> seconds. Sing the Enterprise theme tune while you do it. We've all seen the signs. You know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. Um, yeah. Well, so for me, the yeah. worst decision was Tormolin's decision to take off his hazmat suit gloves and to touch his own face. Yeah, agree. This is a great pick. This guy's ridiculous. They're not even wearing their their contamination suits properly because they can't. You know, you should. should, They shouldn't be able to just lift it up over your head. You know, to to get into your face because you're letting particles. There's particles that get in there. It's you know, there should be a seal. You know, they didn't even put it on in the proper order. You know, makes me feel very itchy. Uh, Yeah. What is this suit really doing for you? There's unknown right, pathogens right. floating around. They're not wearing it properly. Yeah. yeah, they're not wearing it properly to begin with. Let alone taking off your glove and scratching your contam- your face with your contaminated hands. <laughs> oh, now who is dumber, this guy or the guy who drank the water that they were taking samples of in the wink of an eye plant? <laughs> yes, that guy. Oh, the water looks so fresh. <laughs> So crisp and clean, and I am part. Never mind that we're taking samples of it to see what <laughs> contaminants could possibly be in it. If it was disappeared, <laughs> what's the chance? Is it some sort of time water? Probably zero. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and this it's interesting here too because when he does, like he, you know, puts his hand on that. I guess it was a desk or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the the whatever touched his hand. I mean, almost looked alive. Yeah, because you know, sort of like it seeped out his hand. Him. Yeah, it sort of seeks him out. Yeah, and we never get an explanation of what exactly. I mean, it's just it's something in the in the perspiration is what, but we don't get like where yeah, it came like, from or you know we don't get the virus was attracted we, to him somehow, but it never never yeah, explains that. that, that no details that, into, no. Yeah, the details. The most important thing here is just to get everybody drunk so that we can see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> like, that was the most exciting. Incidental to the plot. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's a great pick. I and, do like uh, the 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 weird um, pattern the, the on these suits. I, these suits you know, are amazing. Got to think it's yeah. You got to think it's some I'm kind sure, of we do see these suits space again, age fiber. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the gold, the sort of gold mesh, even over the over yes. the area. It, it, oh, it's know, great! I love it. I, I imagine that's it. carrying electrical <laughs> signals or something, and it's very it's all computerized. Right, right. Um, yeah, but. Obviously, not very good at its primary function, which is keeping people <laughs> safe. Or maybe Tormolin just didn't know how to use it. Oh yeah, yeah, they didn't. They didn't know how to put them on properly. No. Obviously. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So okay, good Jen, pick. What do you have for the worst decision in the Naked Now? Yeah, we got a lot of bad decisions in the Naked Now. Uh, also, when when our away team goes over. 
they don't wear any PPE at all. <laughs> um, and they, you know, and when they return from the ship, um, there's no, um, I get, I mean, they, they like, they get scanned. Like you said, the same thing yeah. with the, uh, they've been through the know, bio transporter. And on the they, yeah, they go through the biofilter and they get it, you know, they get an exam from Dr. Crusher and, <laughs> and that's it. But then when Jordy's, you know, when they discover Jordy has a pathogen or something similar and they don't know what he's not, they don't have like in sick bay, like a, a force field. And I was thinking about it. Do we see a, a force field in sick bay before Voyager? Like, I don't think, we I don't do think, see we, I don't think that we was see... a thing. We see Pulaski cover that person in that sort of plastic form-fitted body mold when there's the uh, contagion <laughs> ages people. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. But, but I don't remember. I'm sure they do use force fields because don't they transport some sort of contagious thing up into the Enterprise D at some point and they have force fields protecting it? Yeah, um, yeah. We don't routinely like we routine, routinely see the doctor in Voyager quarantining people yeah. with a force field. Yeah, yeah. but LaForge is hanging out there, and and he's left alone, and he ends up you know leaving sick bay and yeah. spreading the spreading this. Well, I say pathogen, but they say it's not a pathogen. No, they say or, it's like a, an unusual chain of water molecules. Yeah, <laughs> and that's so it's why like. It doesn't, an intoxication yeah, instead of an illness. Yeah, it doesn't so. really. It, it's not a bio. It's not a biological. It's not a virus in the, yeah. in the truest sense. Yeah. It's more of a, a change in things yeah. that we usually accept. <laughs> Which I, you know, that's that's you know a nice sort of sci-fi twist on what a virus could be and what a problem is. Yeah, but uh, that's not really what's important here. Right. So we, you know, so there's a lot of bad decisions there. We have we have other security things. We have um, uh, Shimoda <laughs> leaving Wes in charge of engineering. Yeah, this happens he before he's infected. Yeah, he was infected. <laughs> he was he not infected, and he was like, "Well, I gotta go to to sick bay." Sure, Wes, you babysit the most vital section of the ship. <laughs> I think that's why we never saw him again. I think that decision was why we never (laughs) saw again saw him in the Enterprise. You know, playing Jenga with the chips is one thing. Right. Oh, uh, I love that. That's so funny. But saying, yeah, I'm going to leave you in charge of the engineering section when there are literally dozens of bodies around you. Does the chain of command not extend beyond your five feet radius? (laughs) What the hell's going on? I mean, like, like... Wesley shouldn't even have clearance to be in that room at all. No, but I guess, I guess they're a little bit more open with that stuff. But, you know, <laughs> but if this if this is such a vital section of engineering that somebody could literally take over the Enterprise by getting control of this little section of engineering, that's a pretty uh, that's almost a design flaw. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty devastating. Oh. There's a, there's also a design flaw in the design of the isolinear control chip system. <laughs> If you really need all these little chips to be in the exact right place for the ship to be able to go, but there's not even like a cover over them. <laughs> like anyone could just <laughs> theoretically, you just grab one of these chips and you, and you disable the enterprise. <laughs> like it's really. <laughs> that is seriously problematic. You can imagine that would Which be under armed guard. Yeah, that's just, that's exactly that's what I'm saying. If, if that is that vital, there should at least be. You know, there should be a force field over that panel. Yeah. <laughs> if 
that's the case. Um, but but then, you know that's just part of the and then uh, that's just part of the uh, the what's convenient for the episode is that we need data to have something that he needs to do to you know and yes. and I'm not gonna uh, get dock points for that because it's just so funny and you're right the changa <laughs> the isolinear chip changa is just so funny so. it's funny it's good stuff <laughs> yeah so my um but what I'm picking for my worst decision is. It's a Picard decision that he makes sort of before this episode even starts. And it's to not let Wesley have some time on the bridge. <laughs> because if he if he would have been, you know, if he would have loosened up his rule a little bit about having children on the bridge, and especially just for Wesley, <laughs> you know, then Wesley might not have felt so agreed, you know, aggrieved and might not have used his uh, you know, intoxicated time to take over the ship. So, hmm. <laughs> Potentially, I can I can see your chain of reasoning there, but uh, I feel I feel you're laying a lot on Picard's decision. He doesn't really <laughs> like Wes at the end, does he? Doesn't want him around. He doesn't, <laughs> and I think that's sad. It is sad, but I, I love I love how they're. I, I understand this is literally the second episode of the show, and I I, I like how their relationship grows. Yes. Um, but and he does, and he does. I mean, in Encounter at Farpoint, he he's on the bridge. They let him on the bridge. Yes, um, but, but just for like a say, quick second. Doesn't he say and, Picard's uh, banned me from the bridge at the beginning of this yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, but um, and he obviously desires to reveal. He just he just wants to be right. part of the bridge crew he and be important. Just wants to be part of the ship well i guess i mean he does make himself acting captain wesley crusher so yeah. <laughs> that's more than just wanting to be a part of things that is true <laughs> so maybe he would have done it anyway <laughs> but i don't know okay. all right worst decision points what are you thinking who gets the points for the worst decision is it picard or tormolin Torm- his name's Tormolin. I thought it was is his first name Joe? Joe, right? Joe Tormolin. Joe. Joe T- yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot easier to say, right? <laughs> I think <laughs> I yes. think Joe I mean Joe here. I mean his bad decision obviously led to his death. So that's got to be the one. That's got to be the winner here. But it's also like the dumbest <laughs> mistake I, he could have made. I think made. for Tormolin as well, it's a very foreseeable mistake. If you travel yes. down to an area where you suspect there may be infectious agents and you abandon protocol to scratch your schnoz, you 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 might get infected with a a life disabling yeah. virus or semi virus. That's PPE one hundred and one, man. Exactly. Yeah. Don't touch your face. Yeah. We'll take your gloves off. Wash your hands. Take your mask off. Right. Wash your hands. Everything's wash your hands. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting too, even just like the way the, and learn learn the right order to put your PPE on. Yeah, <laughs> on and off. off. Very important. Like, we, yeah, you gotta have have that 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 headpiece under the the suit so that there's this you know so there's not this big gaping mm. <laughs> you know hole for particles to go into. But um, and In, even incredible, have, really. Yeah, and I feel yeah, like, really like for Picard, I don't think. I think his rule, he couldn't possibly have foreseen the far-reaching consequences his ban on Wesley could have had. Right. So I, I feel we, could, uh, we, we should spare him this Yes, 
I agree. So my point also goes to Tomolin. Yep. Two for an eight time. But just because he gets this point does not mean he deserves what happens to him. No, he doesn't deserve to die from this mistake. No. no. <laughs> he does not deserve what happens to him, but it could have been prevented. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have an episode. No. You know. Uh, well, let's now go as we have if we sort of uh, identified where the madness comes from. Let's have a look at some of this madness. Uh, what's the best naked line? <laughs> best naked line. The best line. Okay, so Naked Now has... has This is actually one of the strengths of this episode is it has a lot of good one-liners, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so Actually, one of the most memorable of the of the entire franchise that we're often often quoting, a T-shirt-worthy I line. Mean, I'll let you. I'll, well, I won't. Which I one? Spoil the, the no, no, you, <laughs> fully you fully functional. Me. Fully functional is what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean that's just part of of the Trek lore now. And if someone <laughs> says they're fully functional, you know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and it. Well, and it's. Oh, and that scene. I'm sorry, but that scene is funny too. Because I know it's gratuitous or whatever, but I think it's funny because. She's like, she's like, you are fully functional, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, of course. As if like that's a normal question to ask somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew. He's like, yeah, I'm fully functional. I'm programmed in multiple techniques. You know, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> like he's just it's listing like great. other, like yeah, I can also, I can rumba, I can salsa dance. You know what I mean? Like, like listen, I can play the violin. I can. You know? Lessons. <laughs> that's right. He can't dance. Well, that's a bad example. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can make one hell of a banana bread, <laughs> and I'm. <laughs> programmed in multiple sexual techniques <laughs> and what I want now is gentleness and joy and love from you data you are fully functional aren't you of course but how fully in every way of course I am programmed in multiple techniques a broad variety of pleasuring oh you jewel, that's exactly what I hoped. <laughs> it's just so funny. Just what she wanted to hear. Oh my god. So yeah, that's funny. But I I, I didn't I didn't pick there, there there's some oh, there's some really funny ones. There there's um um yeah, well if we could continue with data, you know, he uh he, he gives this okay, so this episode, we can talk about this now, like the point uh, the point of them making this episode was like so early in the season was so that they could like show us the characters like deepest innermost you know desires and traits and things like that uh-huh. but i think i think it's such an odd choice to make when we don't know the characters enough how they normally are you know what i mean like yes i don't know that that Tasha doesn't act like that all the time. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> if I've only seen her in one episode, you know, like just, it's a very odd choice to me. Um, but it seems in naked time. It seems a l- little bit less odd of a choice that just because the way the episode handles it. Um, but, but the one thing they do good here is, is, is they give you a lot of good information about data. He's like, yeah, you know, I, he's talking to Picard, you know, cause um, Picard is like, how are you intoxicated right now? <laughs> Which, you yeah, know, they don't valid know question. Data. They don't know it. Right. Right. But I mean, that's a valid question. How did an android get this mm-hmm. disease? But like, uh, but I'm glad they made that choice because then like, like his character remains unsul- unsullied <laughs> by his choice to, uh, 
to yeah. uh, go to bed with yeah. the R. You know what I mean? Like he was under the influence too, so it's totally fine. You know, <laughs> so I'm glad they made that choice. Um, but but he goes through. But when he's talking to Picard, he goes through this list like I have pores just like you. I have fingerprints just like you. You know what I mean? So. Uh-huh. So you kind of like can get like if you had questions about data, like what does it mean that he's an android? Like you if know. you prick me, do I not leak? Yes, that's that's the line I like. If you prick me, do I not leak? Which is oh, really sorry, was that? I didn't mean to steal it from. That, no, no, no. I, that's not the one I'm picking. That's the one I honorable mentioned because right. <laughs> I thought that was really sweet, sweet thing to to you know um, when you're just, when we're just meeting data. There's also. Um, Oh gosh, I have so many. I'm, I'll just rattle off the, the couple ones before I get to. Actually, it was okay. So one more for data uh, is um, uh, they're on the the ship. They're on the Solkovsky, Solkovsky, something like that. I think that. it is that. Yeah, I didn't Sulkowski. look that up. I have to look up who that is. What that was named after, but uh, and and Riker, Riker's like they were all sucked out into space, <laughs> and Data goes, "Correction, sir, that's blown out." <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that because you always have someone correcting you about that. <laughs> then you don't get sucked down into space; you get blown out into space. <laughs> oh, good! <laughs> because of the the way the you know the the air pressures go. That's so. Fun. I just like that's really funny. That's such a thing. Um, but then uh, there's all, Wesley's. I feel strange, but also good. <laughs> Which is fun. <laughs> um, but but the, the, the one I like is it's just, it's Picard. And Picard is very endearing in this episode. And I'm kind of, another reason I'm bummed that this came so early is because, you know, obviously on a rewatch, I can see this. But if this was like only my second time seeing Picard, you wouldn't know how rare it is for him to, to be like, to be so... Um, I hate to say good natured because Picard is good natured, but, but a little bit more like relaxed i guess uh, about what about what but what he is not not even just like with just with bev you know he's, he's just more yeah. relaxed here and then he says uh the line i like is um number one it seems our security chief has the equivalent of a snoopful <laughs> <laughs> yes I just think that's so cute of a line to give to Picard because he's using like a colloquialism, <laughs> which he doesn't normally do about drinking too, which is fun. Um, and he's doing it dirt like to number one in data, like while they're trying to like actually solve them, you know, <laughs> solve a mystery. And I, that just that line always gets a laugh out of me. That is um, a good line. Yeah. But um but I also want to mention, like at the very begin beginning, and this is actually really good for 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 a second episode, is um, Picard and they they get the call from the you know Solkovsky, and um, and they you know and you know the woman's you know saying weird things, and and then they hear that noise, and you know and Data says what we just heard you know is an emergency hat- hatch being blown. Uh, you know, he said this should be impossible. The emergency hatch has, has been blown, and and Picard goes, "Are you certain?" And then he catches himself and he says, "Yes, of course you are." Yeah, <laughs> you know, nice. like he knows, like 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 he's, he wasn't like questioning his his person, you know, his people. Like I, I always thought that was a nice Picard moment. Like that shows you who Picard is. It's, you know, it's strange to watch this episode because now now when you watch Star Trek, you can just watch whatever you like at any point. Yeah, and start anywhere. 
But yeah. this is like this is where they are getting to know each other. So these early, those right. very early scenes where they're talking to Data, they're all learning about him because they've only known him for right, well, right. from the week before. And this is yeah. this is Picard getting used to working with Data because he's never never done that before. He's only right. read about him, uh, which it's I really like. Yeah, I like that too. So yeah, so th- this episode, you know, has a lot of like <laughs> weirdness, but the, it does have a lot of good like laugh lines, like you know, like that. So, excellent. Is there one that you're <laughs> is your favorite? Your very so, favorite. I'm I'm such a big fan of the snootful line. <laughs> the snootful equ- line. Our security chief has the equivalent of a snootful. That's what I'm going. I with. love it because <laughs> then after that they discuss me. the word snootful and whether data should already have access to that <laughs> kind of right. word. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did not, a lot of not that. Not had the, the urban dictionary program programmed in, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. it's funny because they'll do that and then he'll rattle off a bunch of like other colloquialisms that are the equivalent exactly. of that. <laughs> like, exactly. Dana, I think I think you're doing this on purpose, just like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like get us for using colloquialisms. But that's so funny. All right, okay. naked line and naked time. The naked line and naked <laughs> time. So there are some excellent lines in the naked time. There's a a classic Scotty line, which, I mean, if this is early on in TOS as well, as Scotty and Kirk try to reinitialize the warp engines, Scotty informs them that he, ha- he must have 30 minutes to restart the engines, and then classically says, I can't change the laws of physics, which I really feel is <laughs> like one it. of those lines we know that Scotty says. I can't change yeah. the laws of physics. Um. Shout out to some rare written lines. Repent sinner and love mankind. Oh. Daubed in red paint Excellent. on the wall. They're sort of suitably crazy uh, and sinister and just strange enough to drive our characters like deeper into their madness and really like make them more crazy. Um, and I like the fact that we kept, we saw sort of red paint all over the place and people had red paint on them. I, yeah. I just like the fact they kept doing that. My, my favorite line is this, but I'm not choosing it because it's not, it's not a truly naked line. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a line from one of the characters who's not infected. When Sulu comes up to the bridge and is attacking he sort of, in his mania, steps in to protect Ahura and says, I'll protect you, fair maiden. To which Ahura replies, sorry, neither, and pushes him away. And I thought that was a very funny line and very (laughs) ahead of its time, really, because we should have, you know, they're the kind of funny lines we'd be hearing now and thinking they were progressive. But that's funny then and right then, which I thought was good. And and improved by her, I've heard. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I'd have to look. Like, do you know what? I, what? I, have a, I have a vague memory of, of hearing this already yeah, before yeah. that it was improv by her. Well, I'm going to look I this up that. and find out. Um, I am my favorite line that I'm going to pick. Uniquely, I'm going to reference a line from a different episode. Ooh. We hear Sulu's vigorous threat as Ephraim spies through the window of the Enterprise. Oh. In Ephraim and Dot. <laughs> yeah. 
and Sulu's got his sword out, and it's, it's that. I mean, that is the Sulu image. You think he's either drinking that cup of tea, or he's standing there with his shirt off and his uh, his rapier out. Right. You can either leave this boar bloodied, or with my blood on your swords. That is like a proper mad line, you know, from <laughs> the from the pages of the Three Musketeers that he is bringing yeah. to a science fiction TV show in the sixties. And then also to a cartoon spin-off 50 years later. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And fully, Sulu fully insane. Yeah. And Sulu fencing, man. That's that is one image, like classic image. My I, I was talking to my dad and and he was saying how literally the only thing he remembered about the Star Trek from the sixties was Sulu fencing. Like I was <laughs> The only thing you get, he's like, oh, you mean, you know, and he described the naked, the naked time. And I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's a memorable image. <laughs> it's a, it's a great it's image. So and do you know what? They, they've never forgotten it. That is, that's a facet of Sulu now that we sort of know. Yeah. He, he, he is a fencer. Yeah. And then when they brought that out yeah. in the 2009 film, oh, I thought that was just I a stroke it. of genius. I absolutely loved it. That was it. so great. And to make it, a, you know, a part of the story. Does anyone have hand-to-hand combat? I do. I yeah. can fence. It's like, and then he has a sword. <laughs> oh my god, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it too. That's one of the best parts. So fun. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah, because he was co- like completely like in a character of like a swashbuckler. You know what I mean? Yes. It wasn't just like he was just like, come on, guys, let's fence. He was like, you will have your blood. <laughs> your blood will be on my sword. Or exactly. Whatever and he said. even calls <laughs> even calls Kirk Richelieu. Ah, oh, Richelieu. Oh, so he really is in. That's right. Yeah, he really he's is in, in three the Three Musketeers. Yes, that's so funny. Yeah, they they run away from me. He calls them cowards. <laughs> yeah. it's it's so funny and it's so well done. Oh, it's great. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, where's yeah, your point going um, for Naked Line? I I want to give my point to Sulu, swashbuckling Sulu. Uh, I love I do. it. I, I wanted to say I'm actually think I'm actually I'm I'm loving Snootful. I'm love I love <laughs> There's the something word about it, <laughs> and I love the fact they talk about the word, which I re- I love it when they yeah. talk about words in Star Trek. Yeah, but I am going to go for Sulu as well on this, yeah. um, just because it's so iconic, and yes, uh, absolutely, and the fact it was referenced in Ephraim and Dot as well, I just think is so wonderful. Yeah, ah, oh, that's great. That's a great point. I didn't think of that. I love it. Okay. okay, so two rounds in, the naked naked time has four points. Staggering. <laughs> All right, okay. um, naked now. We'll get on the board. We'll oh the yeah, board. I'm sure. Okay, let's let's, let's move on. Let, let's let's go to uh, best engineering takeover. Ooh, <laughs> the best engineering takeover. It's a it's a doozy. <laughs> When is. Riley is infected, oh, he is overcome Riley. with the Irish version of Joy de Vive and is just <laughs> so full of himself and full of life that he just wants to just wants to do something bigger and better. So he goes down to engineering, and we don't see this happen, but Scotty tells us it's happened, and you know. Riley did a Wes. He's gone downstairs. 
He's told them a lie, and he's completely locked them out. He <laughs> tricks the entire engineering crew into leaving their stations, and then locks them out to such an extent they literally cannot get back in without risking the ship. He then again, roots again, helm control. Again, system. Yeah, exactly. He roots helm control and engine power through the engineering section that he's in and takes over command of the entire vessel. And it takes him about probably a couple of minutes. It takes Scotty about half the episode to just get back through the door. <laughs> and he does that by carefully cutting that section out of the phaser, the panel. And we get periodically Spock or Kirk checking up on how he's getting on. And he's like, well, I, I, I can I blow up the entire ship if I can, if I cut the wrong wire. And at this point, at one point, Spock's like, it's going to take you longer to get through there than we've got time left. You don't have time to, for safety. Right. Cut the panel open, get through the door. Right. Um, during the time... And cutting through drywall, <laughs> which is so <laughs> safety critical. <laughs> I know. Just get it. Just get in. I can't imagine the doors. Uh, I mean, we know the doors must be powerful because you can stand on one side of yeah. them and a bomb will blow up on the other side and the door will be un- unscathed. So the doors right. are thick. We know that. The doors, the doors right. are not going to get you. Um, while Riley is is in the engineering section, he declares himself the captain, Captain <laughs> Kevin Thomas Riley, <laughs> and he essentially sits at the console with a microphone and makes decrees to the rest of the crew in between repeated recitals of classic ballad. I'll take you home again, <laughs> Kathleen, which is just insane that that is like a canon, a canon song. I mean, it's just bizarre to me uh, because it's a song that my dad used to play all the time. Really? It's just so, yeah. My dad, my dad liked, uh, you ever seen the Mars Attacks film? You ever seen that film? Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. at the end, they, they pull out, there's that record that blows up all the aliens' yep. heads. It's Slim Whitman. Yep. And we were watching Mars yeah. Attacks one day, me and my dad, and Slim Whitman kills all the aliens. My dad just quietly walks over the record collection. He's only got about 10 records. That was one of them, pulls it out. <laughs> <laughs> the Slim Whitman record, we just seen murder aliens. <laughs> I must oh, have listened to that God. about a thousand times since then. Uh, and the fact that it was then in Star Trek, it was I was very interested and excited by that. That is so funny. It was one of the really weird moments of my life because it was just such a weird thing for my dad to do. Like he's quietly got up to the record collection, pulls out that record that we just watched Kill All the Aliens. And I cannot believe that of all you know, we own so few records, but that's one of them. That's it one was, that you it, had. Was, <laughs> it was a very weird thing to happen. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting song to pick for him too, because it's it, it's it's not an Irish song; it's an Irish American song, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it's about and it's and it's about like Irish immigrants who who long for their homeland, you know, miss their homeland. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's just it's just such an interesting one to pick for, you know, for someone who is out in deep space. You know, who's so far away from from yeah. Earth, and I, I, I just, I just always liked that. I thought that was such a, such a nice, uh, nice pick. <laughs> it's a nice. I think the it the some of the shine rubs off it. 
by the fact he never ever stops singing it. <laughs> Apart from to make his various ridiculous requests, including a formal dance at the bowling alley and no, requests that. that women wear less makeup. Um, <laughs> and then when he gets cut off by a hooray, he takes great offense at that. Uh, I mean, it's just a mad but surprisingly effective takeover. And the ship is at risk all along, but it's not Riley that's necessarily putting the ship at risk. He has just gone into engineering and locked the door behind him and people can't get in to solve the problem. He's not like purposely putting the ship at risk. He is just, through his intoxication, letting the ship fall to rack and ruin. Um, so the, t- the takeover is exceptionally effective. The, the outcomes are not, not brilliant, but just bizarre. Just bizarre. And you'll never, you'll never listen to I Take You Home Again, Kathleen, the same way. <laughs> One more time. Yes. <laughs> now, bro, I will render Kathleen. One more time. Please, not again. I'll take you home again, Kathleen. Oh, I have got to tell you, I have such a soft spot for Mr. Kevin Thomas Riley. <laughs> I think he's so funny. He's in two episodes he, of the original series. He's in two he's like, episodes. He's he's, he's one fully of a my star of both those episodes as well. Yeah, he's fully yeah, a main they really did in both those episodes. Give him a lot. Yeah. Doesn't he die? In, doesn't he die in um, the other one? He's no, in? He's been murdered. No. No. no, no, they no, try. No. There's the threat. You, you, you want. You wonder if he's going to die or not. Yes, like, yes, that's yeah. it. They don't he almost gets they're... murdered. Yeah, but yeah. that we never saw him and, again. Um, what a, never saw him again. What a, what a bummer. We <laughs> he's so great. He should have been around more. I love it. It's so funny. He calls himself uh, Kevin O'Reilly. <laughs> like he adds the yes. O. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> when he starts getting a little Irish, in there, <laughs> which cracks me up, and he, you know, and and Spock says, you know, talks about how he he fancies himself as a descendant of Irish kings, and it just so it, it just always makes me laugh because my grandpa used to always do that. Um, oh really? My, my Irish grandpa. Oh, my Irish grandpa used to tell stories about how we related to one-eyed King McCormick from County Roscommon. <laughs> <laughs> and he would, he would tell all these stories about him and and he was either like you know like a ruthless you know warrior king or like you know a generous uh <laughs> loving king depending on you know the needs of the story he was telling <laughs> oh that's so nice and it's just so so it always just puts a smile on my face you know when him and and like when o'brien talks about how he's related to irish king you know king uh brian baru and <laughs> You know, it just, it's just just makes me giggle because that's just an Irish thing to do. You know, it's, it's claim you know grand ancestors. But um, so oh, but Kevin Kevin Riley just makes me laugh and yeah, yeah, and, and he's funny and he's and he's annoying like like in this season he's annoying enough. He's um, more than annoying. that. It's funny. He takes it to the it, next yeah. Level. Well, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like 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 it's like you could like you can almost see like. Kirk seething over there, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. So he, 
Yeah, but he's also not like he's also not like a villain. You know, he's obviously oh, no, just no, he's obviously just someone who's who's into- intoxicated. So you know, they, he walks that nice line. You know what I mean, like completely obnoxious and annoying, but also not. You know? Yeah, not a bad person, but my God. Not a bad, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, he's so funny. And then at the end, I love when he gets caught and he's like, oh no, dance tonight. <laughs> it's his delivery of that line. I can't do it. His voice <laughs> is so funny. Oh, his voice is so perfect. He's so good at it. I love him. <laughs> All right. But I've got, I've got quite an engineering takeover myself. Yes. Um, and I, I've got I've got some more details about the actual takeover itself. You know, in our, they, we get to see more of it um, because we've we've got a certified genius taking over engineering here. We've got Wesley Crusher, acting acting Captain Wesley Crusher, <laughs> who <laughs> who builds himself who builds himself a tractor beam. Based on the design of the Enterprise, but with his uh, additions and his, you know his improvements, because <laughs> he's such, a, such a, yeah modifications, and he and he builds himself ba- which is just basically a talk boy, you know, like the Home Alone, yeah. lost in New yeah. York. <laughs> it's basically how he how he takes over engineering. Uh, but so he uses that like he could fake the Captain Picard's voice, and he gets the engineers to leave. And we talked about that how how they just leave and leave Wes in charge of engineering when they think they're being called to uh, to sick sick bay and and the bridge yeah. and and um, and then he puts up it what looks like a force field, but what he did is he modified his tractor beam into a repul- repulsor beam, he calls it, <laughs> so that uh, nobody can get in. And from then on, he does the same thing. You know, he reroutes all the power through his station and and he's got full control of the Enterprise. <laughs> and he does the same thing. He did, There's a nice callback to, to Kevin Riley's uh, double ice cream for everyone. Is what Kevin Riley offers the crew, oh, and, yes. and he says, and, and then Wes is like, desserts before and after every meal. Yes, yes, <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. I thought that was a cute callback. Yes, um, to funny. the Kevin Kevin Riley, um, and and Wes uses it, Wes doesn't really have a um, an agenda here. He just wants to be in control. Is you know. Because um, you know, he talks. We'll, we'll talk later about how you know he talks to Picard, and 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 he's just like Picard. You know, tell me what you want done, and I'll do it. You know, <laughs> like I'm not going to give you back control. I can do it. I can do everything from yeah. Because he wants so. to show that he. I'm can in control. Be he person. just wants to be yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he he doesn't. There's not really an agenda for this takeover. Like he he doesn't demand a dance at the bowling alley or anything like that. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not about that it's it's just about him feeling like he has agency and control and because he knows that that he's smart enough and responsible enough to be on the bridge and 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 that's what he's trying to to project here so but it's a pretty brilliant strategy it works and i really hope that they convened a lessons learned uh task force <laughs> from this incident to improve the security of the engineering station <laughs> yeah oh my but. god well that is you know that's why shimo is <laughs> not there anymore because that is a crazy right. and unreasonable <laughs> thing to have done oh man that's so funny and then that's funny too he's he's like like west lets him in to the barrier past the barrier 
He's like, hey, Wes, I didn't go to sick bay because now I'm, you know, now I'm drunk. He didn't say that, but, you know, can I come and play? Yeah, <laughs> Wes like, sure, come on in. <laughs> and then he starts playing Chango, which is so funny. And I love, um, I'm a big fan of um, oh, M- M- Mc- McDougal. Yeah. who has no time for this nonsense and just rolls her eyes <laughs> but it's funny it's the same thing it's another callback it's a callback to scotty how like you know scotty's trying to you know cut through this drywall <laughs> or whatever to get you know the proper whatever wires to, to get the door open and she's doing the same thing they're you know sticking the tools in the conduit <laughs> you know we don't know what you know whatever that, that you know talking about what they say they're doing to try to get I the think- I the, thought it was good. Um, I thought power was good as well. I was sad that we'd never seen McDougal again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started about the engineering crew <laughs> before they settled on Jordy as the chief engineer. Because they're all great. I love all of them. I love Argyle. <laughs> I love yeah. Shimoda. McDougal. <laughs> um, there was oh an man, Asian engineer as well, wasn't there, very early on? There was an Asian engineer. Yeah. His name escapes me. Yeah, the name escapes me too. But they're all great. Ah, and of course Gomez, and you know, and everyone, and and then well, because it, it seemed like because it seemed like at first they were just saying like chief engineer as like like there's more than one chief en- yeah. engineer. You know what I mean? Well, like like it's, that's more. Shift. It's more like a team lead, a team lead. Yeah, duty yeah. shift, team lead. And um and then they settled on like there should be a chief engineer. Like there's a chief of security. Like there's a you know chief mm-hmm. physician you know chief medical officer so and 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 jordy and i'm glad i'm glad they went with jordy out of all those characters but i really wish we would have kept those guys around they were great they all yeah. of them were great <laughs> i think once they realized they wanted to get wares up on the front of the the console they had to move yeah they had to move jordy's yeah. chair somewhere else yeah that's true yeah <laughs> all right so that's my engineering takeover Where's your points going? I think your engineering takeover is a, is a little more focused and there's a there's a definite yeah. reason for it, which I like. Like he's gone to engineering to take it over, whereas I feel O'Reilly just happened to go to engineering and happened to take it over and then right. decides to be the captain, whereas Wes is driven to a point of power. I do think yeah. his decrees are just as funny. <laughs> but he doesn't sing, so I'm. He loses oh, a few points yeah, for that. That's a bummer. But I yeah. like the fact that he takes <laughs> sure. on lackeys. I like the fact that he has people yeah. sort of swear allegiance to him. So I, <laughs> I do think I'm going to give it to Wesley for this. I think he's going to get the best engineering takeover from me. Yeah, I have to give my point to Wesley too. I really wish I could give a point to. Kevin Riley, who is just so funny, and I enjoy that character. But as far as the actual engineering takeover, I mean, Wesley really is proving something here. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like not too many teenagers could take over and en- you know the, an entire s- starship like that. Um, and and it's clever, and and you're right, and he has you know he has a, an interesting plan, but also a plan that took a lot of know-how technical know-how and that and that makes it interesting to me um so that's my point too okay naked naked now gets off the ground and around three four two okay <laughs> this is even up and we should ideally 
both these episodes should come out exactly on par because they're exactly no i disagree no all right i I really i i think well i i think the naked time is a legitimate legitimately good episode decent episode. i think the the naked time is better and uh it's it's more it's more serious which i think gives it a bit more gravitas It has that yeah. that seriousness to it, which is not just a danger. But we'll talk about this later on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I, I just, I mean, the naked now is just a little bit too. Deri- der- it's just a little bit too derivative yeah. from the naked time. Yeah. I, I think because it, it's it's kind of like what if the naked time, but people were horny, which <laughs> which I can appreciate on one hand. <laughs> Nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> It, but at the same like, time, it didn't like, like, like in, the anything. Series, in the original episode either. They were just uh, a bit more yeah, subtle about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and like that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it doesn't like add anything to because we we do this a lot. We compare episodes based on other episodes a lot on this show. But but mm-hmm. a lot of times, like the newer shows can put when they put their own spin on that idea, it becomes an entirely new thing. You know, and it becomes specifically yeah. that shows, you know, like like has that that stamp on it, you know. And this one is just just doesn't have that for me. This, you know, what I mean. They don't like add anything to the concept of what if everybody got horny drunk. No, they don't like add anything to it. You know, I don't know. But anyway, so we're at four two so far, but we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll see okay. what happens. Okay, where are we going next? Well, now that the engineering section has been taken over, it's probably right that we look to our captain for some guidance. What's the uh, best exasperated captain moment? Oh, my gosh. So, like I said before, Captain Picard is just so adorable in this episode. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> um, he's so great. He's... He... Okay, so... The cute part, because the cute part's my my runner-up, is is him and Bev are just adorable throughout the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's trying so hard to not give in to, to this intoxication. Um, and and the, 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 the part that I love the best with, with them is, is um, finally, they, they, finally Beverly creates this, you know, anecdote or and i do that all the time and <laughs> antidote <laughs> the antidote for uh you know for for this whatever it is and um and she takes the the hypo spray you know to to, to jordy and and it works so she's like okay and and she gives it to picard and she gives it to herself and and they had resisted, you know, the temptation the whole time. You know, it's cute, cute, flirty scenes. Yeah, um, this is the ex- exasperated captain uh, category because at the very end, it's so cute. She tells him to, you know, they're cured now. Like, like theoretically, they, you know, the cure works pretty instantly. And um, and she says, okay, take this hypo spray to engineering, and I'll make up hypo sprays for all the other areas of the ship. And, and he goes, he goes, okay, Bev, all cute. But he does this adorable little exasperated eye roll. Like, like, <laughs> like as he leaves, I like I have to like make a gif of it or something. Cause it's yes. so cute. Cause it's just like, and he's better by then he's had the cure. So it's just this cute little, like, uh, you know, like, 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 but you know, equal parts, like, 
like I'm sad that we're cured <laughs> and like, you know and like okay I understand we're cured and our little moment's over you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> like it's just but, this cute little exasperated eye roll and it's just I I, I wait for it every time I see this episode because it's so adorable they really had fun with that sort of back and forth between Bev and Bev and Captain Picard yeah, or Dr. Yeah, Crusher and Captain yes. Picard and I really like that and that is I really that's so too. season one for have to have them a bit more yes, overtly flirty because yeah, yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't yes. disappear, but it certainly tones down as the series goes on, and it only crops up occasionally. But it's right. uh, it was it's good to see. It's so fun, and um, so there, there's but there's two actual like like he's frustrated in a different way, <laughs> in a mad kind of way. Yes. <laughs> And the first one, my runner-up is uh, is when Data does start to tell the joke that he heard, or the limerick, <laughs> the poetry that he heard, <laughs> and he, you know, he's and he and he starts say, you know, there once there, there was a young lady from Venus, and and uh, <laughs> Picard cuts him off, <laughs> like like at just the right time, you know, just the quote unquote right time, and and um, oh, and like yells for security, get me your, like he's in, he's just like. He's had enough of this shit at that point. (laughs) And it's really funny. (laughs) Like, like his timing on that just is super funny. So that's my run up. But uh, my, my pick for this is the scene where he's speaking to Wesley on the view screen. Yes. And he's so mad at this point. He's, you know, Wes has used his voice and and commandeered to the ship. And, and so Picard stands there. He's got his hands on his hips and he calls him young man. And it's just a really funny scene because you see him trying, all, like he tries to be like stern and then he tries to like be his friend and, and like, you know, and he tries all, you could just see him like fuming, you know, right behind the mask of, of him trying to, uh, uh, you know, deal with this kid to get him to, to give him control of the ship back and Wes is not having it. I mean, Wes knows he has the upper hand. There's nothing but card can yeah. do, you know? So this is an exercise in futility, but Picard has to try it, and you can tell that he doesn't like like he's very frustrated with that, and it's so funny. And then and then it and then it ends in such a funny way because Wes calls him Skipper <laughs> and hangs up on him. And he looks so mad, and it's so funny. <laughs> oh my god, it's cute. Yeah, because it's not only are you not captain anymore, you're my skipper. <laughs> you're skipper to my captain. <laughs> He hangs up on him. Oh, it's so great. It's so funny. And, and poor Picard. And uh, it's just a funny moment. And he's very exasperated. That's my exasperated captain moment. He he gets super annoyed. And he gets... It's I mean, funny. I don't think he's more... I don't think he's more annoyed than he would be on any other given day with Wesley just talking to him. But <laughs> then it sort of wraps up and wraps up. It is, it is well done. It's very nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, exasperated captain. I mean, this is uh, this is one of Kirk's. Kirk is Kirk really feels this episode. He he struggles through <laughs> this episode. So I've I've got a runner up, which sort of leads on to the main event. So th- there's there's so much build up to Kirk's Kirk's explosion, and yeah. There's a moment where he's trying to warp away from the planet and he's told that the engines aren't responding and he contacts engineering. And even Spock is a little agitated 
and Kirk makes his way to the turbo lift, leaving Spock in charge. And as the turbo lift doors open, Sulu's there, quoting the Three Musketeers. And it's sort of in a moment of like comedy, Kirk touches the end of his blade. And sort yes. of, like, Mr. Yeah. Sulu, and then he sort of realises that actually, that, that bloody hell, that's sharp. Uh, this isn't just yeah. a game. And there's a tussle, and Spock uses the Vulcan neck pinch on Sulu. <laughs> and it's at that point, Captain O'Reilly gets in touch and demands <laughs> double portions of ice cream for the crew and then begins his recitals. And Kirk actually... Uh, He's heading to the, the turbo lift doors and Kathleen is just powering over the tannoy and Spock informs Kirk that in 20 minutes the Enterprise uh, will enter the orbit of, of uh, Psi 2000 and, and break up. And Kirk cannot deal with this all at once. He smashes his fist against the turbo lift doors and he's just so... <laughs> it's just sad enough. He's so annoyed. But even then, that's not the end of it. So this is when he gets... Ex- just incredibly overwrought. He he's on the bridge. He's back on the bridge, and Riley announces over the tannoy that he will render Kathleen one more time. And you can just see this exasperation on Kirk's face. And then Kirk orders Janice to the helm, and as Riley strikes up this further rendition of Kathleen. He pleads with Ahura to please try and cut it off. And then Ahura responds angrily as well because she's like, don't you think I would cut it off if I could? And then they both, then she apologizes and he apologizes, but it's just the persistent mental torment of a song being played on repetition (laughs) and your life being in danger and you being out of control. And it just gets to them both. And for Kirk's breaking point is another version of the song, and he screams at her, and she screams back at him, and they both sort of have to take a moment to sort of reflect, just sort of take a deep breath. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then they they carry on, and obviously they they solve all the problems, but Kirk just it, you can see the tension on the bridge just building and building, and of course we're laughing about this because because O'Reilly Riley is singing Kathleen and ordering ice cream. But this, we're forgetting that the ship is also spiralling out of control and is in 20 oh, minutes yeah. to explode it. <laughs> that, that thing is happening simultaneously. It's very juxtaposed. Well, yeah. And, you know, Kirk has to think about that. That's his primary concern. Yeah, it is interesting how there's real, real life and death stakes here. Yes. <laughs> in both these so. episodes. Which is interesting. Yeah, the life of the the, the 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 fragment of the star that explodes, which hits the, which is almost about yeah. to hit the Enterprise. That's uh, that's bad luck because it looks like of all the the many vectors that that fragment oh, yeah. has taken to to it was strike the exact. out two starships yeah. in a row. I mean, <laughs> that's that's unusual. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and, and as always, Wesley Crusher is the cause of and solution to all of the Enterprise's problems. Of course, of course. <laughs> when he comes up with the, uh, the using the repulsor beam. Well, but it's nice though that, that repulsor beam it that that had like beats I mean, all handy. the way through the all the way through the episode. It shows it at the beginning. Yeah, he uses it to take Absolutely. over the ship. 
then he used it to save the ship. I liked it. Impl- applied engineering. Yeah, it's not just theory, you know. It's exactly. not, not just a science experiment. He put it into practical use. Precisely. <laughs> That's why he gets a mention in the captain's log. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Then a science teacher. So. He doesn't get to record his own log now as the acting captain. No. Oh, <laughs> oh that would have been funny. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, that would have been funny. A, a, a Kevin Riley and a what's it <laughs> yeah. acting captain's logs. This is Captain Kevin O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. They do, uh, don't they do that in um, Discovery? Uh, in Magic to make the sanest man go mad. Doesn't Mud make a captain's log? I think he does. I think he does make a captain's log. That is that is funny. <laughs> that's that's funny. clever. I like that. I like when they mess that with the. I like when they mess yeah, with the order yeah. of things. Yeah, me too. That's funny. Okay. All right. Who so who was good... your most exasperated captain? Who are you giving the point to? Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I don't know who was the most exasperated, but um, I'm gonna go with the funniest that the <laughs> exasperation, which is to me, uh, <laughs> be on that uh, Picard on that view screen with Wesley Crusher, Wesley calling him Skipper <laughs> and hanging up on him. Yeah, <laughs> just a... he. Which is like everything, like like you couldn't, you couldn't, um, if you were trying to annoy Picard, you couldn't have done it any better. If that was like actively his goal, (laughs) was just to annoy Picard, couldn't have done it any better. And that's fun. That seems funny. So I'm going with naked. And I think if it had been anyone else, maybe they'd been less exasperated. But I think Wesley just just yes, yeah, any kid, yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, and I do like I do like though what you picked with Kirk because I like that he uh, like he apologized like he you know what I mean I thought that was nice yeah that, I like that you know, as well he blew like, up and then he, he apologized you know no, he's obviously under the influence too it's not yeah yeah I like that so that was nice a nice moment I think I am going to give my point to Kirk in this because I do. Okay. I feel like I, I feel like after listening to Kathleen being repeated during the episode, <laughs> I'm feeling a bit like you can't blame him. Feel, feel my neck starting to twitch a little bit. <laughs> Just oh stop singing gosh. that song, and I can see why well, he's getting and so it's... angry. And it's funny too because I mean, with Picard, it it really is that he just has problems with children was like mm-hmm. a hot button thing but for kirk it's like I, I mean the enterprise not that i mean picard loves the enterprise but the enterprise is kirk's like main like <laughs> like object of you know like object soulmate almost yeah oh okay okay but yeah, so so you can imagine after you know being locked out of controls, you know, and then having to listen to this guy sing this ridiculous song out of tune over and over again on the loudspeaker. Yeah, definitely get it. Okay, so we are at five and three for the final round. Five to the naked time, okay. three to the naked now. As we go into our final round, totes and motes. Our final, yeah. Uh, oh, you should have announced totes and motes. I've taken, That's I've okay. messed with the order of things. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Just like I like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, then, do you want to go first for totes and motes? 
Go on then. Okay. Um, so despite all of the madness in the episode, which there is a lot of, there is time for a few slow-paced, soft-focused scenes. And I think my favourites all involve... Well, I mean, the, the, they all involve Spock to a greater or lesser degree. Absolutely. So, firstly, Spock enters the med bay looking for McCoy, and Chapel tells him that McCoy's in the lab. And then she sort of very gently tells him that she's in love with him and that she recognises that her emo- his emotions are only just under his control and ha- she understands how difficult that must be for him. And it's 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 quite beautiful, really, because it's just sort of a very sort of tender expression of how she feels. And then Spock doesn't really know how to respond to this and leaves... And he says then, he's sorry. Yeah, that's he's gotta sorry. hurt. You tell someone you love when they say I'm sorry. Oh my yeah, god, that's, I feel so bad the, for her. It is, but but then it does. It seems like it's be, part. You know, I, I don't know whether he has any feelings for Chapel or not, but partially, I think it is. Yeah, his own difficulty dealing with emotions that is preventing right, him from doing right. or saying anything. And he comes out of the sick bay and he sees that big sign that says love mankind. And he then he's off speaking to Kirk. And then he has to explain about how he feels about his friendship with Kirk and what that means to him. And how he he feels almost guilty for being Kirk's friend because that's an emotion he really shouldn't he shouldn't enjoy friendship because he shouldn't enjoy anything. And he confesses he never told his mother that he loved her, and that's a source of pain for him. But he did that because he respected his father's customs over hers. And maybe that actually feeds into the reason that he and Sarek, you know, fell out or had trouble reconciling after they fell out. Um, and it's, it's actually, despite despite all the sort of the fast-paced tension that the, the episode's built up, suddenly it has a moment of of being really slow, and you have this moment with Chapel, you have Kirk's moment, uh, Spock's moment with Kirk, and it's nice how they sort of... Cha- Chapel's intoxicated madness feeds into Spock, which in turn interacts with Kirk, and it, like, carries over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then you also get sort of... Then you get... Kirk, you know, expressing some of his innermost desires and his concerns, which is he is in love with the Enterprise, it seems, in a very real way. And he can't believe it's going to be destroyed, but also as he wasted his time being in love with the starship. And, you know, what is he going to do? And he can't believe he's going to lose her. And they sort of, Spock and Kirk almost seem to talk cross-purposes for a little bit because they're so confused. But it is... It is a great scene, and I think centering it on Spock and how he feels, and obviously he's the he's the interesting. We're not sure what goes on inside that cold Vulcan exterior. It really does sort of it it works for the episode because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to open up the characters and expose some of that internal functioning, and we so rarely get that from Spock. 
and it is nice and it's nice that he gets two big moments to shine the moment with McCoy the moment with McCoy the moment with Chapel where he's looking for McCoy and then that moment with Kirk you really get some power from him and I, uh, it's you know maybe this is why it always feeds into the Kirk Spock dynamic that he he ex- he gets his expression of love from Chapel then immediately goes off to Kirk to tell him how he feels about him that's that's where that goes. That was that line. Yeah, uh, and I, I I thought it was great. So my my pick is Spock is totes emotes. Oh, absolutely! And watching him cry, the part where he cry when he's alone and he cries, and mm-hmm. I almost feel guilty watching that. Like like this is, is such as you know private personal. Yeah, you know, thing that he wouldn't want anyone to see. You know, and I almost feel guilty watching that scene. Um. And, and oh, God, the line that always gets me is when he tells Jim, he says, Jim, when I feel friendship for you, I'm ashamed. Yes, that's such that, a good line. Oh, my God. Like, And it oh, says I so just, much. It says so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I mean, yeah. That's that's honestly like the Spock stuff is, is like the best part of that episode to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, too, it's the same thing. Like this was really early on. Um, they probably want it to show that, you know, that Spock set might say he doesn't have emotions, but he obviously does. And he's just controlling them. And, you know, and and that, you know, I, I guess I, you know, I kind of understand that, you know, to making that yeah. choice early on um, in the series. So, yeah. But, oh, man. Yeah. Great pick. Thank you. What what do you have for totes and moats in the naked now? So we have we don't have anything as you know with as much depth as the Spock stuff here. Um, we already talked about you know the Beverly and John Luke flirting with mm-hmm. each other a little bit, and that okay now we know that they really do have feelings for each other. You know, that's, that's useful mm-hmm. to know, I guess, for the f- future. Um, if this is episode two. Um, and we have, um, we didn't talk yet about, well, and, oh, before I get there. And, and um, you know, but we, Beverly John Luke, we also had Yar and Data, which is not a, a part of, I, I guess, and it is kind of totes emotional. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of emotional because she, she's t- she tells him about her, history and and you know yeah, her, her, her horrible childhood and and, and yeah and 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 how she wants someone to be gentle with her and everything um and this this would just be like a throwaway like funny thing like scene to like but just the fact that they bring it back later with with data in um measure of a man mm. um you know, yes. into one skin of evil and, and measure of a man, you know, it becomes like, like a, a plot point that he like that this meant something to him and he had feelings for Yar, you know? Yeah. And I just, I, I really like that. So it's, it's like important that that happened. You know what I mean? Even though this was obviously like just a way to have like a fully functional joke. You know? yes, <laughs> Initially, I, really I love that. that it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, I honestly, I get a kick out of Yara in this episode. I, I get some people might not like it as much, but she's funny to me. I, I think, I think her, I think she does a really good job. I, you know what? Her and um, Gates McFadden 
uh, to both do a, a really good job here of being like funny, horny. You know what I mean? Like they're playing yeah. it up for laughs, and it's and they do they do a really good job of like the physical comedy, like like the way the way like Yars, uh, but the way Denise Crosby like like struts down the corridor, you know, on the prowl, yeah. and and the way like, like Gaze McFadden like like you know puts her like like rests her her chin and her elbow on the desk, you know, and and like. It's kind of like half sitting, half half standing, you know, talking to Jean Luc, and it's just they, there's a lot of like like funny like physical comedies there, but um, yeah, th- that but actually emotional- that thing you just said about the half sitting, that is funny. That, yeah. that position where she's yeah, leaning over the desk, it's a funny. Yeah, position. she's like wiggling in her butt. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's funny. funny. <laughs> it's funny. Um, but yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, they do a good job with that. But um, and then we didn't talk about Jordy at all. Um, because his his plot's emotional, but it it mm. it, it makes me really it like it, it I, the way they handle it does it just makes me uncomfortable. Um, the whole you know because it's it's I know they it's supposed to mimic um from the Naked Time you know Joe because <laughs> I yeah. can't remember Joe's last name <laughs> the dummy that. <laughs> Yeah. his face. Um, you know, he had basically like an existential crisis. Was, mm-hmm. was his reaction to the pathogen, and and you know, and got basically introspective and emotional, and 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 Jordy did as well. But they chose to focus it on his blindness and and how I don't know, just the way they they. I, I don't know what they were trying to say there because the other. In the other episodes, the way they handle Jordan's blindness, they they handle it better. I think the way that they're like, you know, he, he was I was born this way, and this visor, you know, helps me see. And I actually, at, at times, if we didn't have Jordy and his visor, we, you know, like that saved the day. And a bunch, of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just. I don't. I think. I think that part didn't age very well. Um, yeah. No, I see what you mean. It it did seem it did seem a touch awkward, and yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. maybe maybe they just didn't know how to play it. Maybe they weren't yeah. entirely sure how to deal with having a sort of a disabled person as a main character. You know, that, that leaning yeah. into the disability yeah. wasn't really the way to tell a story. Right, but then they did like later, like they they did a better job with that. I thought so. No, they they did. I think I think I think they'd more just wanted somebody to have an existential crisis because that's yeah. what happened in the Naked Time. When, and when if, they, if, they'd know, if they'd known Geordie a little better, they'd have focused on his terrible love life. That's what they'd have wanted. That's the right <laughs> they'd have wanted. Oh is, yeah, he could have been lamenting issue. that he couldn't get a date. Yeah, Precisely. that would have but fit more with the character too, too right? Too soon in the series for them to actually know their characters. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Yeah, so that that was like emotional moments that I want to mention, but I didn't pick it as as the, yeah for the category. So, but the one I picked for the category was actually uh, uh, Dana Troy. So oh. I think that out of the whole everything in in this episode, I think this was a really good one of the things this episode did well was introduce the character of Deanna Troy to everybody, to what, what her powers actually mean and consist of. Because what happens to Deanna in this episode is, is when, when she get, you know, I, I mean, everybody around her starts getting infected and she gets infected too. And what, how that manifests in her is that she's sensing everybody's mm-hmm. crazy ass 
emotional overload, you know, like probably like every deep emotion you could possibly feel, you know, there's, there's, you know, coming at you all at once and what that, you know, and what that must feel to her. And she's on emotional overload. She finds, uh, she finds Riker. She calls him Bill. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't happen many times. Is it after this? Hey, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was something she called him, you know, when they were amorous. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. coming out. And, her, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because she, you know, comes on to Riker and, he, and Riker's a gentleman, you know, and, and he picks her up and, and takes her to sick bay. But, but she's like, but what she says to him, but she, she's like, she's like, wouldn't you rather be alone with me and with me? And, and, and she, but, but like, she says, like, what she says so something like, like with, with me inside your head. So she just wants like 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 that's a that's like I don't know just the way they phrase that like it's such a you, you know now we know more about Mzadi and their and their relationship yeah, and everything. It's but it's like, very intimate, isn't it? It's very like very yeah, intimate. it's very intimate. Yeah, and yeah, but but just like think, but having this be the like one of the first introductions you see to like like what her actual powers are. Um, you know her, her the way the way her uh, you know a betazoid um, uh, you know mind works and and I just I just I just think that's really interesting the way they did that because that's an interest that's an interesting addition to uh naked <laughs> naked what are we calling this naked uh <laughs> the what is it polywater <laughs> the yeah, polywater the madness episode virus <laughs> <It's> intoxication. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that that's an interesting addition because that's one thing that you know Naked Time didn't have. So I, I thought that was interesting because she's she's totes and motes literally. She's yeah. feeling literally everything from everybody, and yeah, she says I've nice, never actually. felt these. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. So that gets my point. I really like that pick, and I like that's actually quite it's quite small, isn't it? But the two of them play it together yeah, very yeah. well. And it's yeah. not like it's not a huge scene. It's like a, it's very much a scene between other scenes that are sort of linking things together. So I like right. it right. Uh, because they actually make the most of something quite small. Um, points wise, I do think I'm leaning into this. I mean, it's very hard not to give Spock a point when he's being emotional. So I, oh. I am leaning into <laughs> that for the Spock's point. Getting my point too. Uh, and I like yeah. the fact that it's it's sort of multiple scenes and they sort of all feed into each other and they all relate and everyone has their own personal crisis, but they're all, they're all connected because they're all a connected crew. So Mm -hmm. I did, I did like that. Yeah. So Totemote, Spock. Yeah. How how can, how can Spock, yeah. How can Spock not get my point here? Yeah. Of course. It just gets, gets you. Yeah. And actually, I know we joke about, you know, we joke about sort of the Naked Time being a strange episode, but actually it is a really, really watchable episode. It's yeah. a very fun episode to watch. It's daft. It's daft all the way through, but it's very oh, easy to watch. <laughs> and it does. Like, it, I, I think it's more effective because I, I think, you know, like I said, they want it to, to basically to kind of introduce these characters to the audience in a deeper way, like the, their, their deeper motivations. And I just, I just think the Naked Time is a lot more effective overall with that. Um, and I mean, it's very useful to know that soon in in the run how how much James Kirk is literally in love with the Enterprise, you know. Yeah. 
that's a useful thing to know, you know. Yeah, and how how Spock is keeping his emotions contained. Yeah. He's not emotionless. Right, right. He's a, he's the right. master of his emotions. That's yeah. that's that's useful information. Right. Well, at the end of that snap track, comparing these two quite similar episodes, <laughs> we have seven points for the naked time and three points for the naked now which is uh i think that's 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 a, a big i think it's a big swing in one direction i'm happy with that i think it's fair. i enjoy watching like i i I'll, don't get me wrong i enjoy watching the naked now <laughs> but i also realize that it that is objectively not good you know what i mean it's It's more just like but like you can string together so many good little moments from it that it 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 almost doesn't even matter that it's like just the overall episode is kind of you know it's crummy i love that um i do i do like i mean not that naked time is also like that's not like one of the best episodes either but i I no, it's not i I I just think there's a little bit more it has a bit more meat on the bone, and it is just has yeah, that t- yeah, a touch more yeah. serious. And even when, yeah, even when yeah. Picard's getting exasperated, I feel like it's still it's funny exasperated. Whereas Kirk is, yes. you know, beating <laughs> Kirk his chest is just fuming. <laughs> so I like that. I yeah. think as a as a, a pair, you could watch these. I mean, it's a it's a direct sequel. It's a sequel. You could you could watch this. Yeah. You could watch oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I and, I think it's really, nice they, to watch them together because then you can see exactly how yeah and the how the that, naked now is is you know paying yeah. homage to every what and why know. it's why it's important that they made that episode and I like yeah. the fact that Riker actually discusses the the events of the naked now like yeah the naked time yeah I remember core of person in the shower. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was nice. They got probably... to name check Kirk and everything. I think, yeah, Picard, yeah. and that's you know that's important because they're fun. making that connection to Star Trek, aren't they? They're making yeah. this, they're making this a, a definite, a definite follow up. So yeah. I don't mind that, and I would watch them again together. Um, <laughs> the one thing I do like better about Naked Now is the uh, the actual life and death scenario. How they resolve that versus you know like it's pretty it is it's pretty interesting that you know data just needs a minute left and and wesley can buy them time because he's going to reroute the the tractor beam and make it a repulsor beam and throw you know give us some momentum and and you know like and just buy us enough you know just that many seconds for data to get the drive on i thought i think that i thought that was interesting yeah that was was Um, versus like the time warp stuff (laughs) like this comes out of nowhere where the hell did that come from We've entered the time. We get the chronometer going backwards in time. What? Oh my god! I mean, the naked time is a time travel episode. That's, yeah. I guess that's why it's the naked time. They they go back three <laughs> days. Three days. You're not going to relive again. It, oh. it completely baffling. But I, I guess it, they <laughs> it makes travel. me laugh every time though because it's like, where is this coming from? Yeah, they they do do that though. I mean, I think it sets up the idea yeah. that they do travel back in time I, a few yes. times. Yeah, because um, he even says something like that. He's like, oh, we might have to use that someday. <laughs> you <yeah>. know? <laughs> so it was kind of like they had a checklist of things they wanted to tell the audience for the future. And one of them was, like, we have the ability to go back in time if we want yeah, to. <laughs> this, is, this might be a thing that you, you can expect. <laughs> time warp. Time warp. Uh, time warp. I mean, it was crazy. That's all but, you need. <laughs> I mean, 
We're trying to get away from this dying star and somehow stumbled upon a way to go travel back in time. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny. Very useful. And we we know they do make use of this very in useful. later episodes. Very, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I that was, and that's why it's in there. <laughs> oh, okay. That's so funny. All so right. we have, it's now time to get dressed. We have fully <laughs> finished the naked time <laughs> and the naked now. What oh, are we going to do for our next episode of Snapchat, Jen? Hmm. Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting. Okay, friends and neighbors. Let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. And in the next episode of Snaptrack, we will be questioning our sense of reality as we meet children raised on the holodeck, as we compare TNG's Future Imperfect versus Discovery's Sukal. Oh, I know, that's sad. <laughs> that's sad. These poor children. I know, I know. Um, but I think that will make for an interesting comparison and yeah. uh, love some crazy holodeck time. Yes, absolutely. That'll be good. Okay. Any final transmissions from you, Jen? Well, just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, get naked with us today. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I hope to, uh, you know, uh, we hope to hear from you on Twitter and uh, see you next time. Lovely to speak to you, Jen. Thank you for listening, everyone. Send us your Star Trek poetical recaps, lyrical recaps of episodes uh, at Snaptrack. Live fast and prosper. Sir, I'm getting very strange reports from all decks. Such as? Such as the ship's training division ordering all officers to attend a lecture on metaphysics. Metaphysics? Confirmed, sir. And there was a rather peculiar limerick being delivered by someone in the shuttlecraft bay. I am not sure I understand it. There was a young lady from Venus whose body was shaped like a... Captain to security, come in! Did I say something wrong? I don't understand their humor either. One more time! Please, not again.